0: And the rubber chicken says... (laughs) If you idiots aren't going to get vaccinated, then give your vaccination to me. Hell, I don't want to get COVID, and I'm a rubber chicken. (laughs) Yes, you are. And I'm sure I can pick up some for you because people aren't taking their vaccine seriously. But we'll talk about that another time. Maybe in this Radcast number 40. That's right, entitled... There isn't much American culture in Native American culture. Mm -hmm. No, there is not. No, there is not. And it was really uh, extraordinary this week as Rick Santorum, who continues to surprise and amaze me that uh, the people of Pennsylvania had actually voted and made him a senator. And uh, he uh, is... I, I just, he he is standing in front of a group of college students and says um, that, uh, he says that there was nothing here before the arrival of white, white Europeans. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, he added, but candidly, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It's the kind of thing that just takes your breath away. It, it, it happens 20 to 30 times a day if you really look around and pay attention. If you spend any time on Twitter, it's amazing that you have any breath at all. Twitter could be called a, a COPD manufacturing system. It, but this is extraordinary. Really? There's no, there's no Native American culture, but because we didn't, we ignored it. We went after them. We, we went, we were crying out loud. We slaughtered them. You idiot. Really? You going to bring that up? Oh, yeah, because we didn't pay any attention to them. A culture that was exceptional and extraordinary in its own right, just as, as, as deep and rich a tradition as, as the European... But, you know, we a lot of it, who knows if we've lost a, a ton of it because of this madness. Because at that time, the white people really were whitey, white, white, white. Boy, you come over, Really? You're going to tell me, Rick Santorum, that the, that British culture was so spot the fuck on? Really? That group of people left that group of people and brought a half of their fucking genetic bullshit, nonsense madness over here. Okay? you, are you kidding me? Really? What a culture, boy. Wearing wigs? Seriously? You know bright red coats when they're fighting. I mean, come on, their list of I, I can't even. And that you, you're homeschooling your children. How is that even possible? Okay, it wasn't enough for you to to say what you said about uh, the, uh, the the the, um, the LGBTQ. What you said about that community. Way back that I used in my act, the stuff that was coming out of your mouth, like some like a rabid dog, you were you were you were you were out of control, and 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 at that point, the the fact that you know CNN would hire you, but after this, that they maintain that you're going to continue continue to keep hiring you, no, this isn't cancel culture. This is called hey, he's fucking stupid, all right. So let's try to find somebody, a Republican, uh, who might be smarter than he is. Because this is an idiot. Okay? This is someone who has no clue. This is someone who never went out west. In Native America. God, you don't even have to go out west. Boy, oh boy, they really they basically you know, we what we got from their culture. We, we should have known it was casinos, and uh, in the eyes of God, gambling. Shut up, Santorum. Just shut up, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And if that weren't enough, I wonder if he's vaccinated, because uh, we are really apparently not going to reach herd immunity. That's the going word on the street. Nope. Why? Well, because apparently we're in a, two different herds, basically. There are probably more herds than the two different herds, but there's certainly, when it comes to the vaccine, two separate branded herds, and we will not get enough people. That's uh, ludicrous. In in one of the few countries that has the option to get its hands on all the vaccine necessary, and we go, nah, cause we're, 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 we, you know, because we're not going to do that. What is the matter with us, huh? The fuck is the matter with us? What do you, uh, well, you know, I don't really know. I, I can't really do it until all the, uh, until I really see how it's going. How is it going? It's going this way. It's going that the people who get the shots aren't dropping fucking dead, okay? Or growing horns, or getting messages, or uh, being guided around uh, by extraterrestrials, or whatever the fuck you're thinking, whatever you're picking up on Facebook. Or, so maybe I'm missing it. Maybe there's stuff that I should have known about, or oh, happened too fast. No, it didn't happen too fast. Okay, they called it Warpsby. The leader called it Warpsby, but that was the creation of it, okay? It was the, not the creation. I mean, the getting it from, you know, getting, getting it you know into those bottles, getting into the bottles. Now we've got it. Let's get it going. Let's get it going as fast as possible. But the creation of it has been going on for fucking years, okay? Read about it. Okay, or send me some information that you think you have from Snapchat or Hookie Pop or you know TikTok or Fucknut or Twitter S W A T or whatever it is. Start read something, okay, that actually has informed information, not written by somebody who's uh, a doctor and who studied uh, you know uh, medicine for a year. A doctor, I mean, (laughs) a hairstylist who studied medicine for a year. God, when you fuck up a joke, you really fuck it up, don't you, Lewis? Boy, oh boy. Well, that's what the vaccine did to Lewis. Christ, he used to be able to tell those jokes like that. Now, boy, look at that. Got that Moderna vaccine, and it blew his brains out. God damn it. I can't believe this. Okay? It's a different type of vaccine. Like it or not, it's a totally different type of vaccine. There was a woman who was working on it, and they thought she was crazy, and she was working on it years ago, and they had to bring her back on because she was right, and you're missing the point. Okay, folks? People, it's you know, Johnson & Johnson I get, okay? There's a whole way in which they could deal with that. I'm, I'm sure that they could point out there's certain groups of people that shouldn't probably be getting it, but the others... Um, if there's real information about that, real information, then um, how, I'd like to have heard about it. And they're not hiding it, okay? All right? I've had a ton of friends, and none of them are f- flipping over, all right? None of them are growing, you know, none of them are, are growing fins and going back to the sea or wherever the fuck you think is happening. God damn it. We're not going to get to normalcy this way, all right? We're going to stumble, they're going to lurch there. Okay. Things aren't going to be the same. And it's because you fucking are not getting a vaccine. It's that simple. Okay. You don't want to wear the mask and you don't want to get the vaccine. Well, what do you want to do? You just want it to be nice again. Well, that ain't the way it's going to be. I wish it was. We should all have to go back to fucking, uh, 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 you know, uh, high school is what I figure, or even elementary school, just somewhere where we have to sit down at desks and there's a, uh, that little uh, morning announcement thing used to come through that speaker at the front of the room and we should have to sit there and then everybody, you know, take roll, And then we kind of talk to each other. It's just a mix of people, you know, based just on your alphabetical wherever you the fuck ended up and kind of get to, you know, see each other in light of that here, you know, that there's, you know, there won't be chicken salad today. All right. Cause there's some problems with it (laughs) and then move on with our day. That may be the way to go, all right. To force us to deal with each other because, boy, oh boy, oh boy, something happened along the way. I mean, we have we have really found ourselves in a. I mean, we went from when 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 it was when I was working the last time we were going from stupid to stupider to stupid stupidest to me, just kind of climbing the ladder of stupidity until. Um. During the lockdown, I felt we reached you know madness, and then that even went mad, madder, maddest, mad, maddening on levels that even maddening to the fiftieth power. Just levels of madness in which the even even the word just kind of burst open, and and so and that's it. The sixty, it's the sixty-five steps of denial. That's what we've been living through, and then maybe now we're coming down the ladder. Maybe, I don't think so, but maybe we are. We're coming back to stupidity, stupefying stupidity. That's where we are now. And then maybe we'll get to just stupid, 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 stupidness. And then stupidity, stupidity, and then stupidity, stupidity. It's stupid. and But we, I don't know if we'll ever get back to smart. Not the way things are rolling. Mm-mm. What do these people think's happening? In, well, I don't really believe in COVID. What do you think's happening in India, huh? What do you think's going on there that they're begging us for the vaccine? And you're going, I don't really need it. The rubber chicken wants it. And it's a fucking rubber chicken. Then I got to watch, watch them in Congress, not even do what they're supposed to be doing. All right. We're coming out of a, a black fucking hole of time. And they are, oh, you know, you don't want to spot too much money. You fucking, you you know, it's amazing how the word trillions uh, for the Democrats it's always been trillions is fine when it comes to giving it back to the people, and uh, it, or at least as of late, it's been trillions. And and trillions is, can only kind of come off the lips of the Republicans when it comes to tax breaks. Boy, you can't give those tax breaks back to the, the you know these wealthy corporate. Yeah, you can. You can take back. You can tax them. And the, and the Democrats have a hard time figuring out how to message. Taxing people with inordinate, stunning amounts of money. Money that was never imagined, ever. Not even Kublai Khan. I just came up with that because <laughs> of the first day that popped into my head. But seriously, this kind of money was never imagined. The robber barons, out. Oh, they might have imagined it, but they couldn't achieve it. Not without this kind of government, not without capitalism fucking run fuck amok i'm fucking leavable. gotta be kidding me boy you know if we take that money back what they're not going to make shit anymore we can't be competitive of course we're competitive we can be as competitive as we want to be all right they could be they don't need to make a gazillion gabillion. these companies why do they have to pay uh Taxes? And if it is, I don't believe, okay, but before I even get that, so we say we'll take it to 25%, they still won't fucking pay anything. They got a billion fucking accountants doing that shit. A billion of them. Okay, with the extra money that we gave them to hire the accountants. So they'll figure a way out. But the fact of the matter is, is that those folks, um, you know, without what we gave them, without the establishment of the roads and the bridges and all of the in, incredible infrastructure that we had without all of that it was given and built by the taxes paid by the the, uh, the those who could and the and the, the uh, you know the the, the, the poor the, the middle class the lower middle class all of those folks who put money in to make it possible for these people to use the things that we give them. That's what we give business. We give them stuff. The federal government, which you go boogie, boogie, boogie to, gave them stuff, which came from fucking us giving the federal government money. And now we can't ask for it back? Fuck that bullshit. Nonsense. The Democrats have now... Gotten out of the socialism, where they found a new word, progressive. Really, and that's a boy. There's those progressive ideas the Republicans say they you know they're doing those ideas that you call progressive in Europe, all right? Europe, which is really fucking old compared to us, old, and they've been doing it. How progressive is Europe? The, what the Europeans did was to kind of provide things so that people could have a better life. All right? but as a result, they don't really have the account. What? No, but most of the people live better and still want to come here. And imagine how many more would want to come here if we actually did it. And that the rich wouldn't lose anything. I can guarantee you that. All right? You could take away all of Jeff Bezos' salary next year. All of it. Take it back. Rake in all you want from him. And he's still gonna have a ton of money. And then rake in some more, and he's still gonna have a ton of money, and he's still gonna have a ton of money. Seriously, get a grip, folks. Get a grip on fucking real. But they worked for, like no. We worked for it too. And we provided stuff for them too. Progressive. Jesus. And if the the Democrats it, I just it, had any brains, they would call them, they wouldn't use the word progressive. They should, when they accused of using progressive, when they're when they accused of being progressive, they should say, no, we're, these are Republican ideas. We're Republicans. I don't know who you are, but we're Republicans. Yep, we're the party of the EPA, which came from Richard Nixon. <laughs> we're the party of roads and highways and bridges given to us by <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower. Seriously. Call it republican republican ideas that's what you should do, God man meanwhile, my mother I did her taxes, yes, siri bob. I did those, and um, i really I'm doing a, 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 I have to say that uh she made she made more money last year than uh, than the average she made really good money. Not great money, not what one would call it, but for a, a woman who's 102 and single at this point, um, she's doing quite well. Way above the average, way above the average. Um, from my f- father's pension, from the, and all from the government, all from government. My father worked for the government. That's where his pension came from. My mother worked as a school schoolteacher, Montgomery County, Maryland. That's where, the, that's where it came from. Those were the pensions and whatever else along the way was, uh, you know, that they did with their money in order to provide themselves. My father had some sense of the stock market, some. And, uh, and so they, she's, they, and that's the difference now. And that's what the Republicans need to kind of comprehend that, um, that I was raised in a time when that was, uh, you really made a middle-class life uh, attractive. Not something you had to kill yourself for. It was like, this is what you can have. And so is, uh, you know, so you didn't really worry about what other people had because you had it all, you know? So what if it was a Swanson TV dinner? It was better than my mother made. <laughs> Boy, she couldn't cook, but... Um, it's really trying to figure that out. And the Republicans are necessary to figure that out. They're necessary for a lot of this stuff. This has got to be negotiated. Um, because, you know, the Democrats do have a tendency to throw money at a problem. And I believe it, it, it's important to throw money at a problem. But I also think if you've got a party that really wants to deal with the nuts and bolts of it, then deal with the nuts and bolts of it and figure out how much the nut and the bolt costs. And that's what the Republicans should be doing. Instead of going, I don't really know if it's mine. If they're going to cut it down and show how that can be done, great. But every, every fucking city in this country, every fucking town in this country, every fucking state in this country needs new bridges, new roads, and needs their internet fucking, we need to have an internet so that we can compete with the rest of the world. Anything else is stupid. And to think that having a great a, a rail system, fuck you. Fuck you, those of you. I don't think I love going on trains, all right? I really do, and I have for a long time. And I don't love it because he loves it, all right? I loved it way before I even knew who he was. I love getting on a train. I still love getting on a train. It's a great way to get across this country. It was a great way to go from Washington to New Haven when I was, when I were from Washington to to Chapel Hill. it, It certainly was better than taking that Fucking bus. We had a, you know, rest of the world does it, not us. But, but that's for another time in my in my New Pod series. Get on the train. Toot, toot. And before we uh, wrap things up and head to Waukegan, where uh, the bus was rolling in this week, that's uh, we're back on the road again. I thought it'd be good to just uh, share these. There's a report of a... An, have to be sure that the the rubber chicken's not in earshot. There's reports of a chicken wing shortage. Stop it. It's okay. Nobody's taking your wings. (laughs) Across the U.S., wing supplies are tight, conceded uh, Tom Super of the National Chicken Council, excusing the alarming word shortage. That's what it said here, but then I also heard the other night that we had the chicken wings, but we didn't have the chicken chicken parts. So who knows? It's not good. Uh, not good. Boy, running out of chicken. Well, you know, there's no major uh, events coming up, which uh, mean a chicken wing festival, but Lord knows Hoosier stock may drop. Here's another one that's just as perfect. And, and where I began my yelling and screaming, this is, this is starting <laughs> Starting. I mean, with the chickens comments. A Miami private school is threatening to terminate teachers who do, I repeat, do get the COVID-19 vaccination. (laughs) That's that. Can you take away their license? Anti-vaxxer Lila Center, the co-founder of the exclusive Sentner Academy, cited reports of non-vaccinated people being contaminated by contact with the vaccinated and inform teachers that if they get a shot, they will not be able to return to the school. Well, wouldn't you then flee, possibly from the area? Oh, Florida. Oh, Florida, my heart. You know, no tax. You know, boy, that's certainly, I guess, not paying a state tax means a lot to a lot of people, and it means putting up with that. Wow. Contaminated by those by what? So we head on this week. We're back on the road, folks. Heading to Waukegan, Illinois, on February first, twenty twenty. We were going there, and it's a great old theater. I believe Waukegan is the home of um, the the great Jack Benny, who taught me, uh, and it was a long time for me to learn this: uh, the importance of silence in comedy it's just as important as, uh, as the words themselves, uh, it's what creates tension. And at times it's what can create a bigger laugh. You know, it's, uh, if you ever get a chance to just watch him, uh, in the short YouTube clips, I guess you can find and stuff is watch the, the time he takes to hold on a joke is just, it's, it's really, uh, truly spectacular. And a major lesson that took me way, way too long to learn. But it was a, a, an incredible theater, the Waukegan. It's, it, there's all of those theaters out in the Midwest that were built for vaudeville and performances and for some as movie houses initially. And they're, they're truly extraordinary. And um, Waukegan is certainly one like it. And we headed out that night and Uh, over to O'Hare. What's great about O'Hare is you can actually um, stay at a hotel at the airport, which is always a break when you got to get that early flight out. It was February 1st. It was uh, the day, I believe, that um, the day that travel from China uh, was was stopped. You know, China, as he said, so they wouldn't bring in the virus, wouldn't bring in that China virus that Okay, we can't even go there, you know, so that he could whip people into a frenzy and uh, we can pay for it now over, uh, you know, anti-Asian uh, violence. So it goes here. I will head down south and um, I do hope uh, you all have a splendid week and that, uh, and that if you're not vaccinated, read about it. Seriously, go not, don't, not on Facebook. Go to, there's enough scientific journals out there that you can track it. And, and not the, you know, and, and not the CDC, the, the places where you might find the information and the, that you're looking for is regarding its safety, especially in terms of Moderna and Pfizer. And if not, just turn on the TV and look in India for a while. Why people would, okay, enough preaching. (laughs) I do hope we do continue to move toward normal and that um, somehow when uh, it starts to, we get through the summer and there's a bit of nip in the air that uh, we hold on and um, continue to stay normal because that's really October or September is really, uh, really when I'll be hitting the road touring. So I look forward to that. Once again, get those uh, get those rants in. We have some uh, really some great ones this week, and uh, I, I, I'm very excited by them. And I, I did some videos; you'll be seeing those. And uh, I want to thank you all for that. And uh, continue to you know get whatever it is off your chest. Continue to tell the stories. Somebody wrote a really nice little what would have been a playlet, but it was based on real dialogue. And uh, whatever you need to you know whatever you need to say. I'm here to say it for you. And thank you for letting me be your mouthpiece. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. And uh, for me and the rubber chicken to spend time with you. Now I'm starting to talk to him. Okay, it's time to go. From Shane Hill comes a triple header rant. First thing I want to rant about is face masks. I get it. It's kind of annoying to be expected to put one on when running into a convenience store. But just fucking do it. It's not hard. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a Casey's, and of the dozen or so in the store, I'm in the clear minority of mask wears. You assholes who refuse to mask up are not helping. I'm annoyed at employees about masks, too. I'm sure you don't want to be someone that gets chewed out or worse by one of these assholes. But if there's a sign that says masks are required and you don't enforce that policy, then it's just merely a suggestion, isn't it? Just ask them to put on their damn masks. Well, just a moment there, Shane. It's just that the, f- the employees aren't get paid enough to be employees and security. Okay? And there have been enough videos out there that would prevent any sane employee from not wanting to take on that job of dealing with people who are, is the word I rarely use, or two words, cray-cray, enough to, to flip out on you for saying, hey, put this fucking mask on. So you have to understand that, Shane. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. But then the the store needs to hire somebody who deals with that, okay? But they're not going to do it. Why? Because it costs money. My second thing to rant about is McDonald's toys. When I was last in line to get my son a Happy Meal, they asked if I wanted a boy toy or a girl toy, suggesting girls can't like Star Wars or boys can't like the iconic Disney princesses. It's fucking 2021. Come up with a better way to differentiate toys than relying on antiquated, stereotypical thinking of what kind of toys boys and girls would find interesting or want to play with. And Finally, I need to yell about iced tea. When the hell did someone decide that when I order iced tea, I have to specify that I want unsweet tea? That's not a thing. Tea is not naturally sweet, and they don't have to take the sweetness out to make it unsweet tea. It's just fucking tea. It just pisses me off. If I order tea, I just want plain fucking tea. If I wanted to choke down that nasty shit, I would have specifically said, sweet tea. (laughs) I know that one. No one's ever said that. That's unbelievable. Because I drink uh, unsweetened iced tea. That's my go-to drink. (laughs) You have to specify that you want unsweet tea. Well, that's, I don't know where you live, Shane, where they'd be asking that, but you might want to think of getting out of there. Here's a rant from Chad Peterman. He's taken the pothole upset that many have seemed to have experienced and gone one step further. In the time I've been listening to the Rantcast, I've heard a lot of people bitching, and rightfully so, about potholes. This is not about a pothole, but about a fucked up stretch of road. I am sick and damn tired of those fuckwits on the right throwing a goddamn hissy fit about the cost of Biden's infrastructure proposal. They bitch about the price tag and how much it will add to the deficit, despite not giving a flying fuck about that orange fuck weasel inflating the debt like a fucking hot air balloon. What does this have to do with me and a bad stretch of road? I'll tell you. I was driving my other half to work this morning, hit a bump in the road, and wound up with close to, wow, $800 in fucking car damage. My wheel was fucking diagonal. I'm a working stiff. I live paycheck to fucking paycheck. $800 is a good chunk of my take home pay for two weeks. And that's not including the cost of getting my car towed home or towing it to the mechanic. So I don't wanna fucking hear about the cost in taxes to the ultra rich in corporations. I pay a higher tax rate than those pricks do to begin with. Let them pay their fair share. I doubt them paying higher taxes is going to be worse than me trying to cough up about a grand just to get back on the road. A lot of Americans, at least uh, from what we gather from the polls, agree that certainly roads and bridges have got to be dealt with then there's other things that they'll debate about until the cows fucking come home. Right, Chad? I'm sure you know what I mean. I'm sorry about that inner bucks. That sucks. I used to, I yelled about that in my act, and I'm glad you gave an example of it. Kyle Lazari wanted to share this with us. Hey, Lewis, I have a rather insane story to tell you that can double as my rant. Last Wednesday, I received my second dose of the Moderna vaccine. And as I write this, I am totally rejoicing the opportunity to get my life back on track before my double chin spawns another double chin from all that fucking weight I put on over the past year. I went down on that Wednesday to get my second shot at a senior center on Cape Cod, where I'm from. I had my first one done inside of a church, but I guess, seeing as though that wasn't PC enough for these people to administer that shot, they moved it to a smelly old People's Friday Night Cribbage battleground. I get checked in, as I did before. They scan my license and insurance card, make me sit in those dumbass queues like, that look like feeder lines for cows before they are heartlessly slaughtered, and I sit for oh, about 15 minutes before they call me over. I'm seated at a table in a part of the room that is divided into two. One side for Pfizer, the other side for Moderna. There's an allergy specialist, a fireman, and an EMT overseeing the vaccine, and I sit down and try to diffuse the tension that is already thick in the air by smiling through the mask like anyone can fucking see me do it and funnily say that I hate needles. She tells me not to worry. And just look at the fireman and not her, like I'm an overgrown 34-year-old invalid who might bash his face on the table out of fear if he sees the needle. She takes out the syringe. It's one of those syringes that has a retractable needle and a small plastic plunger on top and gives me the shot, which surprisingly was painless, which also made me question if she even gave me the fucking shot at all. But just as I was about to go in the other room to happily say mission accomplished, she says, "Uh uh-oh, and immediately pinches my shoulder. At this point, that tension that disappeared from me trying to be funny came right back like a poisonous miasma. She shouts out, we have a situation. This comes at the heels of me thinking that there was nothing to worry about with the exception of the violent flu-like muscular chills and fever that would come to haunt me later that night. She says, I think the needle broke off in your shoulder. What the fuck? You just told me not to worry about anything. I began frantically whipping my head around the table, looking at every human being I could in a panic, asking what was wrong. I am frozen to the chair for fear that me moving would cause the needle to bury itself deeper into my shoulder. The EMT quickly comes over, inspects the syringe, and says to her, oh, there's nothing to worry about. The needle's not in his arm. Apparently, she told me afterward, that she had never used that type of needle before, and I got to be the lucky first victim. I don't understand. You're a fucking doctor. You've never used a retractable syringe before, let alone seen one? Am I crazy for thinking this? Luckily, they calm me down and proceed to show me the syringe, explaining to both her and me how it worked. Gee, thanks. No, really, for nearly giving me a fucking heart attack while my fiancé sits helplessly outside waiting for me to come out to tell her, everything went fine, honey. I swear, that is the last time I take a doctor at their word when they say to me, don't worry, everything will be okay. So how would you react if that sort of shit went down and your doctor said to you, oh, shit, I broke the needle off <laughs> in your vein? You know how I react? I react like you react. We've been in this 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 kind of... Uh, year and change of not being, not leading an, our normal lives and thinking about our safety constantly, every moment, every breathing moment. Uh, am I going to die? Am I doing the right things? Have I washed my hands enough? Would you uh, not flip out if you thought that the needle went in your arm? And what would that mean? But I can't believe it took you this long to think that, uh, you, that you took doctors at to their words when they said, don't worry, everything will be okay. Well, I learned that one a long time ago. You got a mother like I do. You're not going to the hospital, I'll tell you that. You know, we're gonna just do, you can, you can forget it. Thank you, Kyle. I'm glad everything's okay, and congratulations on getting your, your second vaccine there. I hope you didn't have too much of a reaction, but I think you had enough right there. Amy Thibodeau sent this along. Hi, Lewis, I realize this is a low-grade rant. There are no low-grade rants, okay? Uh, uh, not one, everything that bothers us is a major rant. Okay. And after we had a leader who ranted it and, and whined about everything, that everything was just, you know, awful every single day in part because he wasn't getting whatever it was he was supposed to get on whatever plate he was supposed to get on whatever it was that he was supposed to have, whatever it was that was supposed to have been said, uh, All rants are equal. Everyone has the right to rant, and everyone's rant is important. That's why we came here. That's what this country was founded on. Now I'll shut up, and I'll read your rant. I realize this is a low-grade rant, but it's been a perpetual issue in my life. I'm thin because I was born with sleep apnea and didn't have corrective surgery until i was six years old and it really fucked up my body so i don't really absorb nutrients which is makes me smaller than i should be both in height and circumference strangers give me dirty looks when i eat out because i eat like i'm having triplets to try to maintain my weight or regular portions with mounds of sugar to compensate it makes me feel so uncomfortable that I try not to use the bathroom after I eat to reassure the strangers I don't have an eating disorder. I've had strangers accost me. One overweight lady stopped me, looked me up and down, and sneered at me when she said, anorexia is an eating disorder. I wanted to say, fuck you. But I was raised to be more respectful. So I clapped back with looking her up and down before I replied, yeah, So is obesity. (laughs) People need to mind their own business. If my doctor thinks I'm fine, then it shouldn't matter what I eat, including cookies for dinner and Nutella by the spoonful. Fat shaming isn't right, but neither are jealous outbursts. Let loved ones address these sensitive issues, not fucking strangers. Sincerely, a 38-year-old who eats like a 4-year-old with a bank account. Amy, I'm. Wow, that was not a low grade rant at all. He had every right to be pissed. There are people who'd be jealous of just the fact that you get to eat like that. My brother came back from India. He'd lost weight, like a lot, like about forty pounds. He was so excited because he could eat as much as he wanted to. I'm not saying that you're thrilled about this, uh, but but he was really excited about it. And we looked at him, and he he got off the plane. He looked terrible. He looked like he'd been, you know, really starving to death. And it turned out he had a parasite. We were all jealous for a moment. And then we went, ooh, I'd rather rather not have to go through that. I'm sorry you're going through it. I'd like to thank you for that, Amy. From Tim Sammons, we have this. It's a a tale he wanted to uh, share with us and a bit of a rant. Thank you for reading this, but also thank you for allowing folks the opportunity to speak at lengths about everything that's bugging them, large or small. In today's society, there's certainly no shortage of that. We all have our pet peeves, but some of us have, as another great comedian so elegantly put it, major psychotic fucking hatreds. I would say that my rant falls somewhere in the middle, if you'll indulge me. My fiance, Teresa, and I live in a rural area outside of San Antonio, Texas. We are Democratic voting, animal loving, liberal stay at homes who try to give the world and the people in it as much space as possible, which the pandemic has only enhanced. We have a number of dogs, cats, squirrels, and birds that we feed every day. We get most of our largest supplies online from chewymalmart.com. If we have to get groceries, it's strictly curbside. If we want to eat from a fast food restaurant, we do the same thing. Not only do we double mask, but we also carry with us a small bag of rubbing alcohol with a cloth inside to wipe our hands when we come into contact with anybody. Sounds like overkill, I know, but because of this practice, as well as cleaning our groceries, leaving our mail on the porch for a couple of days, and bathing the second we hit the door after being in the outside world, we've managed not to catch this horrible fucking virus, nor have we spread it to other people. That's not bragging on our part, it's just the right thing to do. I should also note that we're a week away from our second vaccination dose. As such, we've been slightly braver about going out into the world. Not stupider, just braver. We're not ready to go back into movie theaters or grocery stores or restaurants yet, but as much as we might want to. however. There are times when we are forced to go into places, case in point. We occasionally have to return items that we've ordered from Amazon to the UPS store. Since they don't provide a way of simply dropping it off outside, at least not in our area, we're required to go inside, at least one of us. It's one of the few times that we have to break quarantine, unfortunately. Living outside of a major city has its advantages, it's quieter, there are less people, and there's a freedom to not having neighbors in your armpits. There are disadvantages, one of the biggest being lack of access to high-speed Internet. I've seen that before, I can tell you that, Tim. We are surrounded by companies who overcharge for a modicum of service, and since we're not planning on moving, we have to use them. And since these services are mostly data-capped, making the data that you do get very valuable, where the signal strength wavers on a regular basis, you have to resort to other means to download larger files. We could go to a relative's house, but thanks to the quarantine, that's less of an option. So what do we do? We go to places where we can sit outside in our cars and use their free wifi. I tell you all of this is a pretext to a particularly irksome day we had recently. We had to pick up a couple of curbside orders from Home Depot and Walmart. We also decided to bring along our laptops, have lunch, and relax in our car while we worked. To do this, we needed access to electricity to keep our laptop charged. What we needed was a power converter, the old-fashioned kind that plugs into the cigarette lighter. Since I haven't smoked in 10 years, that lighter never gets any use anyway. We actually bought one from Amazon months ago and forgot about it. And the day we decide to use it, we discover that it's DOA. A setback, but one that we can remedy. We decide to try our luck and find one at a local auto zone. Teresa looks them up on her phone and finds several stores nearby that carry them. She orders one and maps us to the store so that we can pick it up. It's a tad bit out of the way, but screw it. It's a nice day, and we could use the drive. We make our way into San Antonio and head down Zarzamora. You're probably not familiar with the area, so I'll keep the specifics to a minimum. Please do, Tim. Please do. (laughs) The auto zone we've chosen is a little further down Zarzamora than we expect, but no big deal. When we get there, we double mask and head inside. The manager is very helpful, but he informs us that they don't actually have the power converter that we ordered in in stock. Being a helpful manager, he gets on the phone and calls other stores. After talking to a few of them, he tells us that the store off of Military Drive and Commercial Avenue has one. Okay, not a huge deal. We're heading to Military Drive anyway. When we get there, they inform us that this is not the auto zone we need, since they don't have one in stock either. Okay, the time for nice is over. Now we're getting pissed. We're told that the auto zone we want is at the other end of Military Drive. And now that we're good and angry, we do just that, gritting our teeth as we do. When we get close to the store, we notice that the front entrance off the highway is partly under construction, and orange barrels are blocking it, or so it seemed. Needless to say, I miss our turn, and by now I'm screaming obscenities out of the frustration of it all. I turn down a side street, double back to get back out on the highway so I can find this tiny hidden gap in between the barrels. We park, Mask up and go inside. What happens? You fucking guessed it. They don't have it either. But they do have one in a different brand. It's a little more expensive. Oh, by about ten bucks or so, but fuck it. At least we found one. So we asked the clerk if we can purchase this one by simply paying the difference. No. We can't. We have to pay for it and get our money back for the online order. Fucking hell, all right? Can you help us with that? No. You have to go back to the original store where you purchased it. Jesus Christ, Louis. To fully express how tired, frustrated, and angry we were, well, it would just make this rent even longer. (laughs) How in the fuck can a company screw up their online inventory so badly? It's ridiculous, and we, meanwhile, have wasted most of our afternoon driving from store to store, breaking quarantine multiple times to get this goddamn thing. Our day, which was meant to be a pleasant drive with a decent meal and relaxing while we work on our computers, has turned into an unexpected treasure hunt where all of the X's on the map are bald-faced fucking lies. Defeated by it all, we drive all the way back to Zarzamora, now, there's a different manager in duty, which we assume will be a problem, but thankfully, he processes our refund quickly and we get the hell out of there. Meanwhile, we're hungry. Our Home Depot order isn't ready, and the time for our curbside pickup at Walmart is rapidly approaching. We basically wasted most of our trip thanks to AutoZone. I will stress that despite all of this bullshit, the people that waited on us were very nice. We realized this in retrospect not in the moment. They were just incapable of helping us, or incompetent. I'm not sure which at this point. By the end of the day, we had the power converter and a quick lunch, picked up our groceries, and went home since the Home Depot order wasn't ready, which is a whole other can of worms. Now I'm fully aware that there are people in the world with problems far surpassing ours. Help! For some folks, being able just to afford to live or not be murdered by the police is a daily fucking nightmare. I can't compete with that. Nor would I pretend that my problems are more important. All I know is this. I can honestly say that I've rarely, if ever, had a retail experience quite like this one in my life. Fuck you, AutoZone, for screwing our day. Thank you for taking the time to read this. And stay safe. Tim Sammons from Poteet, Texas. One of the things, and one of the reasons I read it is the, uh, to kind of underline the importance of infrastructure in terms of the Internet, that the Internet is infrastructure, even though many people, and apparently some Republicans, I mean, I'm sure, a number of others out there, don't think that in, the Internet is uh, infrastructure. Well, it is. It fucking is when you've got to plug something in to the lighter in your car, which I can't even believe you have. <laughs> Most cars don't even have that anymore, Tim. And in order to to be able to, to keep your laptop going, this is not something you should have to drive around and do. I, I went to a friend of mine's house. He lives just outside of Durham. He's like literally 20 minutes from Duke University. And... Uh, His internet is like... uh, uh, The Pony Express is faster than it. Okay? In order to compete with the rest of the world, the internet is an infrastructure that is absolutely necessary. It's why we went and had highways built. It's why we sit in cars and we're not fucking, you know, sending our mail by the Pony Express. But I guess if that schmuck who's been in charge, and I can't think of his name, even though I get 90 emails a day about that prick who runs the post office, that guy... (laughs) I'm surprised that we're not doing our mail by Pony Express. we got to move on, Tim. we got to do that. I realize that uh, it was a horrible experience that you had, and it's exacerbated by the fact that we've been locked up and you have been taking care of yourself like many, many others have. And so everything becomes magnified. The Home Depot thing would have irked you but not enraged you if it was just in the daily course of our human events. That's my belief. Thank you for that, Tim. It allowed me to go off into my world of infrastructure, my new life as the infrastructure mogul that I will become. (laughs) Robin Radlauer Kramer has sent in this rant. She's a teacher, so you know she's got something to get off her chest. As a teacher of almost 40 years, I've got some bile built up about the loudest parents this year. I'm so fucking tired of parents protesting about schools being closed. They say enough is enough or we're so over the pandemic as if they were in charge of the virus, even though the virus was raging nation fucking wide in January. Angry parents, like spoiled children, were demanding we open the schools and the teachers were just being lazy. Hey, I'm over the pandemic too, but guess what, kids? It's not over us yet. Where do these parents get the idea that they get to decide when the pandemic is over? Assholes, we don't get to choose when the pandemic is over because the former guy didn't believe in following science, Then he went and made wearing masks a goddamn political issue. So if you're a Republican out there protesting schools being closed, you're one of the assholes, a.k.a. mask holes. I blame you, too. Most schools in my state of California are at least partially open in April. But those same parents are demanding everyone go back 100%. As if the pandemic were over, they whine, the kids are losing too much My child is depressed. The thing that really sends a burr way up my ass is that these parents, who are out protesting and whining about how much learning their precious little cherub has lost, are all privileged as fuck. No wonder they sound like spoiled brats. You know what, Lewis? Their little genius is not one of the kids we need to be concerned about. While schools have closed down, Their precious little babies have been lovingly helped into the Zoomiverse because those parents are able to work from home. Maybe that's why they're so over this. The reality of working from home and homeschooling is fucking hard. Remember last spring when all the teachers walked on water because we were able to pivot to online learning with no new stuff for training? Well, that's over. Now they say teachers are just lazy and selfish. And those teachers' unions are some bad motherfuckers who are bullying males and governors. Huh, what a crock! The unions just want to make sure their members don't get sick and die. You know who really needs to be back in school first? The children of the overworked, underpaid, essential workers. The children who don't or didn't have internet access and whose parents never had the opportunity to connect to and use the internet. You know, the kids whose parents couldn't afford to stay home because their family would go hungry if they didn't work. Children whose parents weren't home because they were working or dead because their big-ass corporate employers didn't fucking keep the workers safe. And you know why as well as I do? Because those fat cats can fucking get away with it. Those are the kids we need to worry about. Those are the kids who are losing so much or giving up. I've been a teacher for almost 40 years, and I love my job and my students. And for the last 13 years, I've had the privilege of teaching in one of those privileged neighborhoods. and can say that most of the kids are more fucking resilient than their privileged parents. Every one of us is in the same goddamn boat. But wait. That's another crock of shit, because some people have yachts, while others are bailing water out of a leaking dory, while everybody's crying and getting their panties in a bunch about all the lost learning no one seems to realize, the incredible learning that is going on. It's fucking amazing how these kids have risen to the occasion, unlike their lily-white parents. Disclaimer, I admit to being white and having privilege. I just try not to use it to the detriment of people of color. One reason we don't hear about all the great learning is probably because the best learning isn't one of the precious standards, and it isn't graded. These resilient, gritty kids are learning to work in a small group remotely. They are solving problems, creating, learning, and supporting each other. Isn't that what we want in our educated citizenry? Who the fuck cares if they know that King Hammurabi was the first to write a law code? So excuse me, excuse me if I'm tired of hearing how fucking lazy we fucking teachers are. It's a fucking myth that we don't work all year like regular people. Most teachers I know put in well over 40 hours a week and don't spend all of their summer vacation about 10 weeks on the beach reading Agatha Christie novels. Lots of teachers attend summer seminars, usually on their own dime, learn new stuff because the technology and the fucking standards and best practices are always changing. So excuse me if I'm a little depressed. We're all fucking depressed and traumatized by the last year. I'm sick and tired of hearing privileged parents complain about how hard it is to have their kids learning at home. They should be thanking their lucky stars that they have the kind of education and job that allows them to stay home and stay safe, even if their little angels are driving them crazy. What a problem to have when other people can't put food on the table or have a place to live or are fucking dead. Thank you, um. Robin Radlauer Kramer, for sharing that with us. This comes to us uh, from Doug Bounds in response to my uh, talking about the USO shows that I did in Afghanistan. I worked three years as a civilian contractor in Iraq and three in Afghanistan. You're absolutely correct. It was mind-blowing. Oh, Lewis, the stories I could tell you would blow your mind in quantum fashion possibly to the point you just might black out. Everything from gunfights to backpacks of cash to black market shenanigans to weed and heroin to CIA guys to $200 million in power plant equipment meant for Iraq, but when the shit hit the fan there, they moved it from Iraq all the way to Afghanistan and stashed it as far out in Helmand province as the U.S. government could hide it. For 10 years, until the USMC, the United States Marine Corps, I guess, hired us. Of course, it's the Marine Corps, Lewis. They hired us to inventory it all because they didn't know who owned it. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. Oh, the book they're going to write. It ended up sold for scrap in Pakistan. Wow, 200 million bucks. The next project was to drill 110 deep aquifer water wells in Hellman province, the number one opium-growing province. Water wells. Of course, it cost hundreds of millions of dollars, sunk the wells under the watchful eye of the U.S. Marine Corps, and within two months of completion, the USMC pulled out of the sites and left them. I mean, left them. Not to the Afghan National Army. They left them, period, to whomever was strong enough to take custody of them. In other words, the Taliban. Incidentally, a good friend who was a CNN reporter embedded on my base at the time told me to just forget about it. She knew all about it and said she liked her career too much to even report it. I liked mine, too, so i shut up about it for 10 years. Now there's Afghan heroin sold on the streets of Baltimore and other U.S. cities. Go figure. Guess how it gets to the U.S.? Those huge U.S. cargo planes that Air National Guard crews fly to Afghanistan and back on their weekend drills. That's one way. Wow. Anyway, you get it. There was a good side to the whole thing, but as with all human endeavors involving ass loads of money, there's a bad side. When I write my book, please do. I'll send you a copy, a signed one, no less. Thank you very much. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. It is amazing. I would hear some of these stories. I don't remember them specifically, but they were very similar to those. Some guys would leave... Uh, the military and then become consultants and make small fortunes. But that's always been the case with, not just in terms of the military, but government in general. It's one of the things that we can't seem to control and nobody seems to want to, but, uh, wow. Water wells, in the the opium growing province. $200 $200 million power plant sold for scrap in Pakistan. Oh, God. Could use some of that cash now, huh? Maybe for a little infrastructure. Thank you, and good night. This rant came from Ellen Growl. 50-cent sponge. Lewis, I never thought I'd be driven mad by a 50-cent sponge. Wholesale, no less, but fuck, here I am. Using the internet for shopping, I now realize is a curse, a biblical curse. I used a major internet seller to purchase a variety of items, which on their end means a variety of sellers. I was to realize these, a curse on their house, sellers are, quote, third party. That's code for billionaire-owned companies that use what amounts to human-trafficked personnel. I bought a box of sponges, which would cost me a dollar and a quarter each. I got one. In parentheses, evil music. (laughs) Or whatever evil music you have in your head. The seller USPSed me one sponge with a fucking invoice for $5.75 on top of the fucking $26.18 charged on my credit card. Words, fucking words can't express the sheer fucking madness that followed. My fucking sponge was now valued at $31.93. I can neither confirm nor deny the person I was interacting with was Camille. I can neither confirm nor deny that she worked third party for Walmart selling through Amazon. However, that is the name I was given. Camille wanted me to drive the fucking sponge to an, and then it's blank, center for return. I pointed out how stupid this was, environmentally, for a 50-cent fucking sponge. I then gave Camille zero stars for her performance. Well, that fucking salvo put Camille on London blitz-level indignation. So she then emailed me a label for FedEx, which is even a further car ride than the said center for return. The label showed the sponge was going to a Walmart distribution center, whereupon I pointed out how fucking insane this idea of hers was. FedEx money for a goddamn sponge? I wished at that point I could find a missile or a mind fucking emoji rating system versus her click the stars rating system. She's then resent her click my stars, and I'll see if I can manage to do something. Why the fuck would I believe for one fucking second she'd refund my fucking money if I changed my star vote? I wish I knew men in white coats I could send to her cubicle. I emailed, credit my account. I'll change your fucking stars. So then I called the big guys at the internet company. The call center guy heard my end of the story. Put me on hold, then called Camille. While on music hold, I bit my tongue and waited. He returned with, she wants you to change her stars, and she will refund your money. Wow. (laughs) whereupon i replied why would i do that when she's committed fraud sending one not 20 one sponge not one box why would i do that when she has withheld my money thus far and has made afghanistan out of a 50 cent sponge why would i believe her for one shitty second oh and by the way i looked up the better business bureau on her company guess what minus stars So, hey, I'm not the first to discover these people shouldn't be in business. The big guys agreed, sent me an email giving Camille 48 hours to fix it. Next morning, you guessed it. Camille emailed me with, fix my stars, I'll credit your bill. I steeled myself for calling my bank, putting a credit hold on Camille's company. That's, a, I guess, a credit card hold on Camille's company. Then realized the big guys would put a lien on my house for a fucking sponge. So I called the big guys again. It was now given the ability to place a claim on everyone's inaction. You guessed it. Camille fixed my stars. Next day, I called big guys. You have to return the sponge. Did I mention it was fucking Earth Day? You know, we are all doing our Boy Scout best to not burn the planet. Uh, So it looks like Mercury, by all means, FedEx, a fucking sponge worth 50 fucking cents to multiple fucking locations involving highways, wages, fossil fuel trucks, making multiple phone calls and talking to people, making minimum wage to accomplish nothing. while we all help burn the planet to a fucking crisp. Oh, for a fucking sponge. So I did. Oh, and further instructions from supervisor big guy called back with the tracking number so we can ensure you're honest. I have been fucking honest. It's these motherfuckers who have been dishonest, which started this whole fucking mess in the first place. They shipped me one sponge, not a fucking box of 20. No, one fucking sponge. I'm awaiting My credit card refund. Can we please borrow France's guillotine? That's a rabbit hole. That's a rabbit hole for sure. That's like a miniseries. Melinda Bigler has a reason to be angry. 42 years ago, when I was 12 years old, I went with a friend to her father's trucking company and ran around and had a ball. Perfectly innocent-like. Sooner or later, my friend asked the secretary, Sylvia, for rides on a fourth lift. She said, yippee, and off we went. There wasn't enough room on the seat for all three of us, so I was jumping up and down. I found a golf ball for my daddy-o, you know shit like that. Suddenly, I was dragged under the fucking wheels. Bitch drove that fucker up my left leg and the left side of my back almost to my fucking head. Then she saw all the guys running at her because I was screaming my fucking head off, so she put the fucking thing in reverse and gave my whole body another run. I remember that the guys panicked and threw me into the back of a pickup truck, probably because at that point I couldn't stop screaming. I got away with only a broken ankle and shit tons of soft tissue damage that no one gave a fuck about in the late 70s. I had the tracks on my back and my leg for fucking months every dream i've ever had got flushed down the fucking toilet when this happened my folks not wanting a problem with a neighbor never got the surgery i needed to fix my shitty leg or my crooked fucking back i couldn't run no shit dude for 30 years every time i tried to hurry my fucking ankle dislocated and sent me sprawling on the ground in agony needing a cane for at least three days. It took me a year to learn how to walk without a limp. Well, now I'm a 54-year-old woman with severe tissue damage in my neck and hip and fucking everywhere else. Anyway, the secretary became the second wife and moved into our neighborhood with the new hubby. For years, this bitch would walk up to me and with a big shit-eating grin wave and say, Hi, I'm Sylvia. I ran over you with a forklift. Remember? Fucking remember. I've been reminded about her little boo-boo every single day for the last 42 fucking years. Also, yes, when you get older, all of your past injuries come back to bite you on the ass like a rabid dog. Fuck you, Sylvia. I paid in spades for your fucking boo boo. My dad passed in 2013. And after that, the next time I saw our little Sylvia, I told her she had ruined my life and killed every dream I ever had. So stop fucking smiling at me. Now I'm the bad guy because I hurt her little fucking cunt ass feelings. Tuftski shitski, bitch. And I have the bobblehead that'll say it for me. Melinda, that's a tough one, and I'm glad you can get it off, get it out there. Whew. But then to have her move into that, wow. It's just amazing. God. Life is a tapestry, isn't it? Of fucking psychosis and insanity. Well, Melinda, I hope it helped. I hope my reading helped, and I hope it re- I hope I read it well. Take care of yourself. After years... Someone has finally written a rant about shoe sizes, and the author is Kevin Nicholas. I am six foot two and have abnormally large feet to fit my frame. Even though the United States leads the list of all developed countries in the world in regards to obesity, and large individuals, I can't find a goddamn size 14 or greater shoe in any physical store. I have to resort to Amazon Prime or Zappos to continue a cycle of ordering, delivering, trying on, and returning shoes through UPS or whatever the fuck delivery service I have to navigate to find a shoe that won't squeeze the ever-loving shit out of my feet. The United States, with the NFL, the NBA, and all the other professional sports leagues with freakishly large humans. Are you fucking kidding me that no store carries any shoe size beyond 13? Fuck! And autocorrect continuously translates my frustration to ducking. Fuck that too! I enjoyed that. (laughs) <laughs> Kevin, well put. It is kind of a shock. I thought they had big and tall and super men-sized stores. And they don't have them there? This is where entrepreneurs are born, apparently, Kevin. This could be the breakthrough. You could be known as, hey, uh, 14 and above. hmm Just a tip from a financial wizard. A quick rip of a rant from Ryan Allen. I think this one is so odd I need to vent. My wife is a teacher and had parents so irate that they sent an email complaining that she was pushing her liberal agenda because during an Earth Day project in a first-grade class, the words Mother Earth were used. How? How is that pushing a fucking agenda? Is this an issue now? Calling it Mother Earth? Is Mother Nature an issue too? Also, I agree that teachers are not paid enough. And during a pandemic, they were expected to go into classrooms of kids and surrounded by adults before anything was under control. Fuck that. This comes from a pissed-off Canadian, Derek Blackadder. Hasn't the USA done enough to the rest of the world? Hmm? Did you need to take ownership of our shared continent, too? Americans are people who live in the Americas. We here in Canada are Americans. Chileans are Americans. Guatemalans are Americans. U.S.ians are Americans, too, but you're the ones who live in the USA. A hundred years ago, we all knew that, probably because the fucking U.S. Empire was just picking up steam. Into the 1950s, that was still true, but you stole our identity. Now the rest of us live in countries, but not on any fucking continent. Everybody else, except maybe the good folks on Madagascar, have a country and a continent. Indians are Indians and South Asians. Malians are Malians and Africans, but Canadians, well, are just smart and good-looking. We have no continent because you took it. Ditto Paraguayans and Peruvians. You stuck us all on a fucking iceberg and pushed us all off into the ocean of indeterminate geography, leaving you with America from Tierra del Fuego to the North Pole. What the fuck? It wasn't E-fuck enough to steal the continent from the First Nations. You had to yank it out from under the Second Nations, too. Fuck you, all you U.S.ians. Okay, it wasn't so bad when you had that giant orange fuckwit as U.S. Ian High Commander or whatever he was. Then it was good not to be an American, just because it meant there was no confusion. Most of us out here were happy not to be American, though we would have been happier if we could have picked up our sticks and moved our countries to some other continent. Asia or Africa were top of the list. Someplace with decent weather would have been nice, but far away would have been better. Now that you have a regular old style conservative running your shit show, it is time for accounts to be called. Your Eans. say it with me: U.S.E.N. We are all Americans. From Buenos Aires to Tukto toe yak Fuck you. And give us our fucking continent back, you fucking fuckers. Well, there'll be some people who'd be pissed, pissed, pissed to hear that, Derek, because they think it's, not only do they think it's this continent, it's the whole world, Derek. The whole world. Is American to many Americans? How come you don't carry USA today here in in Luxembourg, you bastards? How am I supposed to know what the football score is? I appreciated that. I also appreciate that you folks up in Canada are sending in more and more uh, stuff. It's really great. Um, and maybe we could all have a party together when when things straighten out. We can all be Americans together. This is a dialogue that Sherry Saya or Saya, S A I Y A, found herself in the midst of. She's one of the participants. This actually happened. It's the kind of dialogue that afterwards you go, Did that happen? How is it possible? And I, as a playwright, say, Hmm, why didn't I think of that? That would have been just a, a nice piece of dialogue to have put somewhere. I'm going to preface this, she says, by clarifying a few issues. First, I was using self-checkout as it was the only option available to me. Second, I reused the bag for scooping my cat's litter box. And finally, I bag my milk and juice because I only buy small bottles. You would be amazed at the number of people that had an absolute conniption fit, wondering why I bag my milk. Kind of missing the point of the post or perhaps reiterating it. So... I'm at a Walmart scanning and bagging my almost three hundred dollars worth of groceries, while the employee that wants fifteen dollars an hour monitors. Now you have to understand. I you, understand your anger with her, and she, but she does have a right, maybe, to ask for fifteen dollars an hour, considering Walmart uh, is the uh, the folks in charge there have made a, a gazillion dollars. So you can't can't really. You know, Blame her for wanting the $15 an hour for a living wage. You can, however, be upset about what follows. And by what follows, this is actually uh, what happened to Sherry. Sherry says, uh, the the woman actually says, why are you double bagging all of your groceries? Uh, Excuse me? You're wasting our bags. Well, if you don't like the way I'm bagging the groceries, feel free to come on over here and bag them yourself. (laughs) That's not my job. Okay, then. I will bag my groceries how I please, if that's all right with you. Why are you using two bags? (laughs) Because the bags are weak, and I don't want the handles to break or the bottoms to rip out. Well, (laughs) that's because you are putting too much stuff in the bag. If you took half of that stuff out and put it in a different bag, then you wouldn't need to double bag. 10 seconds of me just staring at her. So uh, you want me to split these items in half and put half of them in a different bag so that I don't have to double bag. Exactly. So uh, I would still be using two bags to hold the same number of items. no because you wouldn't be double bagging. Me pressing two fingers to my left eye in an attempt to make it stop twitching. Okay, so here I have a jug of milk and a bottle of juice double bag. If I take the milk out and remove the double bagging and just put the milk in the single bag and the juice in that single bag, I'm still using two bags for these two items. No, because you're not double bagging them, so it's not the same number of bags. Me looking around at about 10 other customers who at this point are enjoying the show. Um, Is this like that common core math stuff I keep hearing about? Never mind. You just don't get it. And with that, she went back to her little podium so she could continue texting or playing games on her phone or whatever it was she was doing before she decided to come over and critique my bagging skills. Sherry, I I really want to thank you for sharing that with us. That really is uh, just splendid. (laughs) Just one of those splendid pieces of dialogue that make you glad that uh, you weren't, you know, that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't at the store at the time. It is the kind of thing that you just, stand there, you know, where the left-hand side of the brain looks at the right-hand side of the brain and goes, uh, what the fuck? What the fuck? Thank you, Sherry. Will you be going back to that Walmart soon? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the beautiful Genesee Theater in Waukegan, Illinois. Yeah. Where uh, I, I write backstage and every time I've been here, I've, this was a good performance, this was really great, this was better, this is, I, I love uh, performing here. You, you, the audiences here have been unbelievable. Um, and I'm not, and I'm really not blowing smoke. Um, the the audience is better than I am. <laughs> we're we're just desperate. Uh, I just want to take a moment, if you could. I don't ever do this, uh, but my uh, the guy in the merch table is uh, Lenny Hughes. We went to, we went to high school together, and I've known him. I've known him since the seventh grade. And today uh, he we discovered because he did not tell me, and I don't really keep track of people's birthdays. It's his birthday. So so if you could take a moment, I'm just gonna start it because I hate this song. But for those of you who like it, if you could sing happy birthday to Len, that would be really great, okay? So it's happy birthday. birthday. very good it's so good and and in lieu of payment I literally have so much stuff from you guys that I'm just going to dive right into it and it came in in and I've just all I did was put it in the order that I thought it would work so we'll start with Richard Friedman and uh, actually let me start with Kurtz uh, I'm not going to read what you wrote. I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. and uh, I will at some point read this, uh, and if I don't read it, it will end up in a uh, book that we're going to publish with the rants in it. It was a wonderful piece of writing, and I just think it's, it's a tough one to read tonight. So uh, I really appreciate you putting it out there and you coming tonight. Thank you. <clears throat> Richard Friedman. Why did Ray Bradbury leave this town? And is this place why he wrote such weird stuff? (laughs) Dave Ward, if asshole politicians could fly, this fucking state would be the world's largest airport. (laughs) Can't wait to retire and get the fuck out of here. I I really wonder where you think you're going to go, Dave. That is where, oh yeah, good. Oh yeah, you're going to love the politicians in Arizona and Florida. They're spectacular, Dave. (laughs) Oh yeah, boy, they're all great, all across the country. Every one of them. Just depends on how deep you want that finger up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Marine Parker, it sucks. Can't we find at least one politician who isn't a thief or corrupt ass? Thank God that marijuana is finally legal here to help our financial woes. (laughs) Scott Zielinski, I lived in this shitty state most of my life. I've tried to get out of it, but it keeps sucking me back in. (laughs) Great food, schools, and jobs, but this place sucks. It's an island in the middle of a cornfield. Run, Lewis, run. I wish I I could run, but I got to take a plane (laughs) out of O'Hare. God damn it. (laughs) This is from Catherine Heron. There was another one saying, uh, this is the skunks on Walnut and Waukegan keep me up every fucking night. (laughs) from 4.30 to 6. Now, the fact that you know the time is a little freakish. Do they break into a card game? How many skunks fucking are there? It's really, or is or is that a reference to the politicians? Oh, 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 wow. This is from Kathleen Kring, who who was bitching through the whole thing that her thing didn't get through, and I got it 19 times, Kathleen. (laughs) I just didn't work it. God damn it. I got it yesterday. I got it again today. You're probably not even here. Marijuana is legal. Wahoo! There are eight places to spend all day in line to give, you, to give me marijuana at twice the price. They have to rest after three days' work. They're out of product. What the fuck? <laughs> this is from Peter Waters. This is what people think when they're stoned. Why Goofy is a dog who walks on two feet and Pluto is a dog who walks on four. If you thought about that while you were straight, you're fucked up. (laughs) This comes from someone who refers to themselves as real, like Trump. And then in all caps, I'm high as fuck! (laughs) Jason Rush... Donald J. Trump is the best thing to ever happen to America. Can we just make him king? Now, I don't know if that's real. Because I get stuff sent to me in order to make me go nuts. Um, If you were, what occurred this week is they uh, did. (laughs) So we'll move on. This is, unbelievable. this is from Amber Race. When you have a coworker who's so upset that you're ranting about how horrible a human being Trump is, that they have to take a personal health day the next day from work. <laughs> that's that's cray <cray-cray>. cray. <laughs> I mean, really, and I, I rarely use cray cray in a sentence. But that is really and it's (laughs) I've I've never seen I have to say this about I've noticed with all I've yelled about all the presidents. And this is the first time when I've yelled about him, where there was people who got really upset. It's never happened. Even with Reagan, it was like, ha, they were like, the, they already got the joke. They already knew they won. This is the first time that people kind of went, I didn't win big enough. <laughs> really, really, what? <laughs> this is the first time that people get upset. It makes no fucking sense. And, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> Jim Captain. How can senators vote to block witnesses from the impeachment trial, even though 75% of Americans polled wanted to let the witnesses testify? Isn't the government supposed to be for the people by the people? Well. What in the house, what? 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 Why didn't the House what? do what? Do what? Do what? Why didn't the House do what? Bring the witnesses? They did. Okay, here's the problem that we're dealing with, okay? Um, Every every, um, impeachment has had witnesses in the Senate, so that's why. Okay? No, I mean seriously. What? For those of you watching at home, uh, I was talking to a gentleman over there, and I'm sorry because he was pointing some things out, and I've never had the chance to discuss these things about the House and the Senate and why things work this way. And because I lived in Washington as a child, it has fucked me up, okay? So that I look at it completely differently. I lived, I. I, went to the, I actually went to the Lincoln Memorial, and I went to the Jefferson Memorial, and I went to Congress, and I went to all those places, and I took civics, and I believed in that shit. And I kind of know how it works. And what they did in the Senate was wrong. It's what, it's what I said before. You're not going to impeach him. Pretend. I'm not saying you bring in Lev Parnas or any of the other people that seem to hang out with our leader because all those people seem to have fucked up hair. But, but I do say um, that uh, you bring in Bolton. And you, you know, because what's going to happen, and this is what I truly believe, is we will find out exactly what occurred. And we will find out what occurred in a fictional movie based on fact. <laughs> so don't worry about bringing it up. I'm glad you did, because it really, it cleared a lot of things for me. And, uh, and, uh, I'm... I'm going to look forward to getting the coronavirus. <laughs> um, this is Here's what's interesting. So you say that, I say this. This is Charlie P- Piglini. I'm cu- currently in high school, getting ready to enter the real world and be an adult. My question is, why can't people settle their fucking differences like the adults they are supposed to be? Every time I turn on the TV, I hear about Democrats and Republicans arguing back and forth like children. I say we take a representative Democrat and Republican and strap their dicks to a car battery. (laughs) And have them settle their differences every time they start insulting each other, give them a love shock. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Yeah, I said that I would like to put Pelosi and McConnell in a boat and tie them up and push them away from shore and that they don't get to come back until they figure out how to deal with each other. That's my feeling. But I really thought I thought that Charlie put it much more poetically. <laughs> Here's the other one, Michelle Burnett, recently heard firefighters sworn in under oath, newly brought into service, oath to serve all impartially. Why can't we expect the same from the Senate as public servants? Firefighters would never look at a burning house and walk away saying we need to redefine how we look at fire. (laughs) But the Senate just did the same. Um, This is totally off in left field, but it's great. This is from Lillian Coriath. You can see why I'm going to read it. Hi, Lewis, I don't actually have a question for you. But last year, my mom and my younger brother went to your show without inviting me. (laughs) And his question got chosen. So this year, my mom bought tickets last minute, invited me to go with her. Got to love that Jewish guilt. So, if you could please read this in your rant tonight, that would be great. And this is very nice. I love your stuff, and I wish I had my friends, uh, my young age of 21, that appreciate you as much as I do. Thank you, Lillian. Um, Also, there were people who asked why uh, there are not a number of black people here tonight, and that somehow I'm responsible for that. i don 't know I do know that I have an audience uh, of, 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 of and um, of color, and um, I don't know uh, why they decided not to come here so so maybe you should maybe you should uh look at each other i don't know if I knew i would it's the same thing it's it, like i don't know i don't know how I, I, all I know is i don 't know and I love you too. Um, This is Emily Rabinowitz. What's with having to sign permission slips for every fucking thing my child goes through school? (laughs) Can he have a popsicle, which is made of fucking sugar and water? Can the school administer bug spray on a field trip in the woods? Because all bugs will give them West Nile Lyme disease, any need to scratch. No wonder all he wants to do is play video games. This is Hannah Grable. Uh, she lives in Highland Park. I don't know if she's here. Dear Lewis, my name is Hannah and I'm a teenager. You might think you've only lived 18 years. What do you have to complain about? Oh, I know you have things to complain about. <laughs> well, you would be wrong. Spelling errors, I hate them. I am given class work and it has spelling errors. I go through my work with a red pen and correct the errors and notify my teacher. I mean, if you're going to give students homework or a test, can you please not force us to become code breakers when reading the directions? (laughs) Last year, my biology teacher would share documents and tests with another teacher whose first language was not English. This is a fine thing to do, and I have nothing against that other teacher who's just doing her best. But my teacher would never check the test for spelling errors. How am I supposed to figure out how many homosomes human have? It's fucking chromosomes! I'm only given 42 minutes to finish this test, and I cannot waste time deciphering your fuck-ups. So if there are any teachers out there, don't make your students do more work than necessary. God knows when we spell something wrong, you don't let us forget it. Then this is from Bob Z. This comes in the same time. As an English teacher for the past 20 years, this is extraordinary. I'm no longer allowed to assign a late penalty for missing late assignments because turning in work late is now considered a behavioral problem (laughs) rather than an academic problem. I don't think Bob's lying. If he is, then he should write a fictional book. <laughs> or educational policies today enabling a new generation of leaders who have no accountability, or is the damage already done? It's unbelievable. There are fucking schools that don't even that basically say that the kids should give them I've, I've been. Re, I, I, I used to read a thing on stage about the a school, a college where you you actually the it was getting a grade was so traumatic that the kids. Thank you, that the kid. <laughs> The kids said that the kids would give themselves grades. <laughs> but this is unbelievable. It's not. It's not. It's not a behavior. Pro- it's an academic problem. I mean, it's it, or call it something. Call it. You, you're you're fucking a lazy piece of shit problem. <laughs> All right. I think this is this is yeah this is spectacular. We're gonna end with this. Um, I just want to thank you all for coming out and being terrific. Yeah. Really, I mean, seriously, there's been no sun here for days, and really, you, you could have just stayed home and spent the time, you know, lying under the covers going, I don't care anymore. Hiding your guns from yourselves. Make sure daddy doesn't look at the knife drawer. (laughs) We're coming next week to uh, Coral Springs. We're going to Florida. Oh, be still my heart. Probably be a hurricane. Um, (laughs) Or a new outbreak of the Zika virus. So it's Coral Springs, Orlando, and Sarasota. Uh, So get your rants in. You can bitch about your fucking sunblock. Um, this is from Becca Hamilton, who's here tonight. Hi, Lewis. My name is Becca, and I wanted to share this little gem with you tonight. I love this. I work in retail, which is a whole fucking different rant in itself that we simply don't have time for. And I'd like to tell you about my coworker, affectionately nicknamed Fatty McFatfuck. <laughs> I think you can come up with a mental picture without anything else from me. Anyway, Fatty McFatfuck rightfully earned his name by doing things like finding and stealing other people's food that was stashed under the registers like a goddamn bloodhound finding a rabbit hole full of baby bunnies. And also talking to customers on the floor while shoving a hoagie, a fucking hoagie, down his gullet. Is the picture clearer now? (laughs) Anyway, one day at work, I overheard a manager of mine on the phone with a very confused, and I might go as far to say, bewildered look on her face so clearly, I needed to know what was happening. After hanging up, she looked at me and said, well, Fatty McFatfuck was going to be late because he ate gas and needed his stomach pumped. Let me repeat, he ate gas! and needed his stomach pumped. How the fuck does one just eat gas? (laughs) Apparently, the genius Fatty McFatfuck, so great, had food on top of his trunk and the hose had a hole in it, thus spraying gas all over it. But yet, yet, even the smell of gas couldn't stop Fatty McFatfuck. And he cobbled it down like it was his last meal on earth. Then pre- then proceeded to call an ambulance. And was rushed to the hospital to get his stomach pumped, which I'm sure wasn't the easiest thing for the hospital staff. <laughs> Poor fuckers. By the way, Fatty McFatfuck also claimed that we couldn't smoke around him for three days. After because of his ingesting gasoline. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was flammable. Once that was re- finished, we received another call from him saying he- that he'd be right in after he went to get something to eat. <laughs> Lewis, I wish I was making this shit up. <laughs> Thank you, Walt Keegan. It's been a pleasure. It is produced by James Salkine, our theme song by Chris Lane, executive producer Ben Brewer, executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show.